Welcome to the Solid Verbal. The Solid Verbal. Come after me! I'm a man! I'm 40! I've heard so many players say, well, I want to be happy. You want to be happy for a day? Eat a steak. It's that woo-woo! And now, Dan and Ty. Welcome back to the Solid Verbal, boys and girls. Ty Hildebrand here. Dan Rubenstein. Dan Rubenstein. Yeah. Dan, it's game week! You're so weird, Ty. Game week. Are you ready? Yeah, I feel I feel good. It's I feel more excited this season than I did last year. Game for some week. reason. That's still so strange, Ty. I'm fired you up. You feel good? Here. I'm fine. Yeah? I'm, I'm I'm doing well. Yeah. Okay. What are you most excited for? I mean, this is not our our week 1 preview show. Yeah, this no. is our our last mega ultra super email whatever. What are you most excited, though, right now? Well, for? you know, before, like two weeks ago, it was all about Notre Dame and Everett Golson, but now it just might be drinking hard on Saturdays. Right. Yeah. Who do you open with, Rice? Rice, yeah. Mm, nice. Yep, a tough grain. one. Who does, uh, does Oregon play Nickel State week one? Who do they got this week? First of all, they play one of the top two Dakotas. Everybody okay. knows this. Right. This week it's South Dakota. Sure. Um, but yeah, it's South Dakota week one. The de- I just saw the depth chart a little while ago. It's very impressive. You know how I know college football season is just about here? What's that? So there are crazy people out there. And, you know, some are crazier than others. We -hmm. have to deal with some of the crazier and the bad variety on the Twitter. However, there are people who channel the craziness into creative outlets. Creative. Yeah, that was that was very cockney. No, I like it. I wasn't sure of what I wanted to say there. Right. Um, We got two giant binders shipped to solid verbal west studios one has your name on it one has mine yeah it's from a gentleman named andrew who listens to the show on the regular is it are there pictures of us in this binder secretly (laughs) taken from rooftops eight and a half by 11s yep high res he has done something here now you know infographics are all the rage Mm-hmm. He has done something here. He sent us this, and I don't know how I'm going to get it to you. Maybe just Carrier Pigeon or something. But he has created giant infographics of all conference schedules. So I've got like the SEC 2014 one in front of me now. Right. I have every conference. It's one poster per conference. He's got teams, as best I can tell, in order of standing from top to bottom. He has all of the non-conference games marked, all of the neutral site games marked, all of the conference misses marked, everything you could possibly imagine on on one sheet. It's incredible. Like, I don't know how long it takes to do this sort of thing, but I have right. to find a way to get it up to you. And I get I mean, we should probably post the link on our website, too. But I would do that. This is very, very in-depth. And this is how I know college football season is about to start, because people yeah. are doing things like this. People have a lot of time during the summer. So we've got Stu Mandel, who's going to yes. stop by here momentarily, now with Fox Sports. Yes. Going to discuss his book, The Thinking Fan's Guide to the College Football Playoff. We're also going to be joined in a little bit with Nicole Auerbach from USA Today, as well as uh, the Big Ten Network, right? That's That appears to be the case. TV okay. star. TV Nicole star. Auerbach. TV magnanti. She will be with us here. Oh, wow. Is that a word? It is now. <laughs> Did you add Okay. It's Magnanti? That's right. Okay. That was like fifth grade spelling bee action right there. Okay. The other thing we're doing, in case you haven't noticed, Mm -hmm. is getting a little weird with this show. Dan, you've been 
pulsing it out on the Twitter as often as you can. Yeah. We've got a bunch of Facebook comments, a bunch of email questions. Mm -hmm. We're going to try and rattle these off as best we can. This is our last show before we get to our week one previews. Yep. So we're just going to get weird with this, going to talk some college football, going to talk about some other stuff in the process. Joining us now, it's our good friend now from Fox Sports. Dot com, Mr. Stuart Mandel. Hello, Stu. How are you? I'm great. How are you guys? Uh, we are doing well. Are you getting ready for this college football playoff? Yes. Uh, I've been engrossed in it all summer because of the book, and now I'm ready for there to be actual games and an actual playoff race. So the title of the book is The Thinking Fan's Guide to the College Football Playoff. What prompted you to start on this project? Why'd you write the book? I just found that in, in talking with fans, either friends I know or people over Twitter and email over the last you know year or so, it became obvious that even though this has been in the works for two years, most people still didn't quite grasp many of the details beyond the fact that there are going to be four teams in the playoff. I think most people realize there's a selection committee. But in many ways, this system is more complicated than the BCS was because of the way they're rotating the bowls through the system, kind of a clunky mix, I'd say, between an actual playoff and the traditional bowls. So I wanted to, you know, give like a, a simple short primer on all of that, but also start to get people acclimated to the fact that this really is an entirely new era in college football. We are going to follow the sport very differently, both because there's more teams in contention later into the season, and also because the selection parameters have changed, as you guys know. And so in the book, I went back and applied the current system to the past five seasons and found that in every single year, I thought the committee would have picked at least one team differently than the top four than the BCS did. So it hasn't hit most of us yet. Maybe it will once they start playing the game. But this is the most radical reinvention this sport has ever had. And they've been playing this sport, as you know, since 1869. Stu, what's the biggest misconception that you feel people have about the playoff now three days before the season? People are pretty uh, hung up on the selection committee and this notion of, at some point, Oliver Luck, the West Virginia AD, said, said uh, you know, we're not picking the four most deserving teams, we're picking the four best teams. Right. People took that very literally to mean they're just going to you know, call some NFL scouts and take the four most talented teams regardless of whether they – earned it or not, and I don't think that's the case. Uh, I just don't think they want to pigeonhole themselves. They want to keep the wording intentionally vague for best teams so that they are not beholden to uh, you know anything in particular, but they have said over and over again that they're going to emphasize strength of schedule, they're going to emphasize whether or not you've won your conference. So it's not just shooting blindly here, but the fact is there may be situations where it seems obvious to the committee that one team is better than another team, even if the resumes don't completely say that. And I think you find that, I think people will find that this is very similar to the basketball committee. Uh, Bill Hancock, who, who runs the uh, college football playoff, used to run the NCAA tournament and, and worked with that committee. And um, you've got several commissioners who are on the committee. And you see that every year at basketball. There's some teams that get in or get a high seed because it's clearly because of their body of work and their resume. And then there's others that don't have the numbers, but common sense, eye test, if you will, says, oh, yeah, they're really good. So uh, I just think that they're leaving it a little open-ended intentionally. When you saw which committee members were named to the committee, uh, who made you, I guess, arch your eyebrow, and who were you, 
I don't know, pleasantly surprised? Who are you? Like, which which selections were the most intriguing to you in, in either direction when you saw the list? I'm fine with most of them. I think these are mostly all accomplished uh, people. Um, I was all on the Condoleezza Rice bandwagon. I'm absolutely fine with that. The two that raised my eyebrow, one would be Mike Trangizi, um, who was never a football guy to me. I mean, he did run a, a major football conference, but he was all about basketball. Um, in fact, the, the conference imploded in part because of his uh, failure to fully grasp the importance of football. And he was also one of the prominent voices against the playoffs um, every time that contract would come up every four years. So, of course, now he's directly involved in the playoffs. And the other would be Tyrone Willingham. <laughs> if you, you know, if you're gonna have former coaches on the panel, you have a Hall of Famer in Tom Osborne and a Hall of Famer in Barry Alvarez. What's Tyrone Willingham doing in there? Why is he there? I think because he fits that nebulous people of integrity category that <laughs> they seem to be. So, I mean, they know these PC programs are such scrutiny and almost like politics. They had to find people who are completely skeleton-free, and Tyron Williams is a great guy, and, you know, he's worked at Stanford. He's a you know, very smart guy. He just wasn't a very good football coach, and, and you would think that might come into play when you're evaluating football teams. When you look at the process, what to you do you feel like could be fixed, and what do you feel like, and obviously you talked about the uh, the committee members talking about strength of schedule and really reviewing a number of variables. Um, what do you feel like, I guess, would be the most short-term uh, policies that could be tweaked in the sh- in I guess short term. Well, I think that after they go through this first year of what I think is a bit of an overkill with putting out the weekly rankings and literally them all flying in, and meeting in person every week um, in Dallas, that that's just too much. Uh, it may be hard to go back on that once you've done the weekly rankings, but they may find that um, by doing so. It, it makes it more confusing for the fans when teams move up and down. I and mean, we're used to polls, and in traditional polls, you only move up if teams in front of you lose. And theoretically, a committee should not be beholden to that. Mm-hmm. Um, they should be starting from scratch every week. And so if they do that, you're going to see some pretty uh, odd movement one way or the other that might confuse people. So they may have to scale back on that um, that lead up to the end of the season. The one vote that obviously truly matters is the one in early December. And I think you want to leave yourself uh, as much freedom leading up to that so that you're not uh, painting yourself in a corner. And we've had this team third for four straight weeks. Suddenly we feel like they're fifth, but they haven't lost, but we can't do that because it would confuse the public. You don't want that to come up. Stu, since this was announced that we were going to have this college football playoff, depending where you look, where you read, some folks are really for it. Some folks are really against it. Are you a believer in the new system? Are there any things that you see as being huge, immovable objects in the pathway to success for this? Well, I've been calling for a 14 playoff for like seven years. Although we, we didn't used to call it that. We used to call it a plus one. Um, it's interesting that now that it's here, and people spent 16 years complaining about the BCS, complaining about the computer rankings. Um, now that it's here, I think most people are excited, but just as much skeptical. Uh, you can just tell there's a there's a, a general feeling of waiting for something to go wrong. They're, of course, they're going to find a way to screw this up. And maybe some of that is the, the notion that I think people are generally nervous about the idea of 13 people picking the teams, um, as sound as that method may actually be. Uh, so I think the system can work. 
Um, but I do think one thing that happened, this doesn't get talked about much, but when this was formed in 2012, there were six major conferences. Now there's five. And there's something undeniably clunky about five conferences playing for four playoff spots. It would have been one thing if two of them were going to get left out every year at least. Now you could literally have one. You know, Let's say the first two years the Big Ten champ gets left out both years. That's not going to sit well with Jim Delaney, obviously. Um, expansion of this thing is inevitable. Right. I, I say in the book, I think halfway through the contract would be the logical time to blow it up. And I, I personally think that's unfortunate. I think eight changes the, the whole dynamic of the sport. Um, the week-to-week stakes become a little bit lower. But it's probably unavoidable, and part of that is it's because it's going to be so popular and there's so much more money to be made. But part of it is that the more the conferences consolidate, um, the tougher it is to, to wedge, literally to wedge five conferences into four spots. Well, we must ask you, what is your prediction for college football's first playoff? I mean, we've seen some news break now over the last couple of weeks. Braxton Miller goes down. That changes the pick yeah. for some folks. I mean, where, where are you at now? with your own personal prediction? Yeah, I think I was going to have Ohio State in there, and I still think they can win the Big Ten, uh, but I don't think they'll be one of the four best teams at the end when you're when you're dealing with all that. Uh, I have Florida State. There's a no-brainer. Uh, I have UCLA coming from out west, and then I have Auburn and Georgia. Um, I just think they're two of the four best teams coming into the season. But for that to happen, it would be, you talk about things that would about this system that would tick people off. They could end up playing three times in the season if that were to, if those two would look to make the top four. So uh, there's your first, uh, before it even happens, there's your first possible college football playoff controversy. Why Auburn and Georgia? I think Auburn was only scratching the surface last year. They managed to come within 13 seconds of winning uh, a national title. And, you know, everybody talks about how lucky they got. Well, part of that was um, they probably weren't national championship good last year. Um, they new system, uh, first year with a quarterback who had just gotten there in the summer. They were very one-dimensional. Gus Malzahn's a great coach. It reminds me a lot when Chip Kelly got to Oregon, and everybody figured, well, they'll catch up to them. The defense will catch up to them. Well, no, the offenses are only going to get better. Uh, Marshall has really improved as a passer, I think. His receivers are great. So I think they'll be better than last year, although I am a little concerned because they had a couple key injuries in the preseason. And Georgia's another team that, it's probably being underestimated because uh, they went eight and five last year. Well, they went eight and five last year because they had the worst injury luck, probably, other than Florida of any team I've seen. And I like the fact that you've got Gurley and Marshall back there in the backfield. And um, I know Murray's gone, but you've got a fifth-year senior quarterback who they who got good game experience last year and a really talented defense um, with a big upgrade at coordinator. Um, you know, I know Mark Rick's come up short many times before, come up just short. Uh, maybe with two extra spots available, that there'll be his window to get in this time. So one of the the concerns that you'll always hear from fans is if there's something close to a toss-up between a traditional A-list type power and perhaps a team with a strong case to be in, but perhaps doesn't have the ability to travel or the ability to generate TV ratings or just the general name recognition as a team A-list, Alabama, USC, Texas, Ohio State, whatever. Are there teams that you feel like should legitimately be worried that they're simply not a big enough name and will, not consistently, but could reasonably find themselves as the fifth, sixth, seventh best team when perhaps if they had a bigger name, they wouldn't be? 
Yeah, I think that should be less of a factor now than it was before. I mean, I was definitely a factor with the with the traditional polls. Um, I have a quote from Jim Delaney in the book where he says, you know, the worst thing about the polls is that they're always based on something that happened in the past. Um, whether that was what you're talking about, you know, history, legacy. I mean, Texas is in the preseason coaches poll this year. Why? Because they're mm-hmm. um, in this system, you don't have those preconceived notions necessarily. I mean, I'm sure the members are not oblivious to that, obviously, but by starting in late October, if somebody like Baylor last year has come on the scene out of nowhere, uh, you have a little time to catch up to that. You're not beholden to your preseason ranking. Um, and I, I do think that because they have these stated criteria, that if, I don't know, if Indiana were to have the year of their lives and, and look really good both on the in the eyeball test and on paper, it just really shouldn't be a factor that they're not Ohio State. I think it's also worth noting the committee is also picking teams for the other bowls, and that really takes away the because that's where it really came up in the past. Um, you know, I, I think of a few years ago when Michigan was in the Sugar Bowl against Virginia Tech, and and the Sugar Bowl had no good explanation for why they took Virginia Tech over Boise State uh, with Kellen Moore in his last game. Um, well, they, maybe they thought they were going to sell more tickets, or they're they're just more familiar with them. If the committee says that you know, uh, if the committee believes that Minnesota is the seventh best team. And uh, and and Texas is eighth, but there's only one spot left in one of those bowls. They have to give it to Minnesota. So this this if there's anything that maybe people could could look to as a positive here, um, it's the kind of nebulous factors that you were talking about mm-hmm. are less a factor now than they were when it was up to voters and certainly up to bowl executives. One of the things that. I guess would be a sort of conspiracy theory that was discussed during conference realignment was, I don't know if it's just ESPN, but TV networks roles in figuring out who goes where when, when teams were rumored to be going from conference to conference at first, it seemed like ESPN people mostly were saying, Oh, we don't have anything to do with that. And then suddenly it was, Oh, well we have conversations about what might be interesting. Do you feel like, and this is again, kind of a conspiracy theory, Network meddling could be something that I don't. Obviously, nobody's going to cop to, but is a factor. Uh, I I guess I'd have a little bit of concern about that because I do work for a television network now, and I'm starting to see how this stuff really works. But uh, yep. the, the question is, if the if the you know the people that the TV networks are close with are the conference commissioners. They work very closely with them. But the conference commissioners aren't the ones picking the teams here. The committee members are. So I guess the question would be, are the committee members isolated enough from that? Is Condoleezza Rice going to be influenced by uh, John Skipper at ESPN? Probably not. So um, I, I do think ESPN has already played a factor in – I don't think the selection committee was planning on doing these weekly rankings. That was never the intention. Um, and then I think ESPN wanted, wanted to make a big show on Tuesday nights, and they're paying – $7.3 billion uh, for this thing. So, yes, they got the show that they wanted. But would they get to the point of saying, we really want this team in the playoff and not another one? That seems, I, mean, I can understand the conspiracy theory, but that seems like you're getting into really dangerous ground. Should we do the trivia? I feel like it's time. All right. So here's what we're going to do right now. This is a special uh, version of the solid verbal. Of course, we're starting up with our season one preview or week one preview, excuse me, mm-hmm. in just a few days. Uh, we've got Nicole Auerbach from 
USA Today. She's going to do trivia and uh, some other things here with us now, and then we're going to address some emails and other things with her a little bit later. So we were yes. thinking maybe we could do a heads-up trivia game, Dan. I feel great about this. I am eventually going to leave the solid verbal for my own game show. So right. anytime I can get these reps in with two esteemed people, that's right. college, college sports media, why not? So I have chosen mammals as a topic <laughs> I'm going to ask about. How do you, how, Stu, how do you feel about mammals? Mammalia. Well, I, I respect mammals and I appreciate mammals, but I'm guessing I don't know the fog you think about them. Really? I mean, I think we're just asking general questions. I mean, about, we're not going to ask like genus and species here. We're going right. to ask just general just mammal trivia. Animal trivia. Nicole, how do you feel about this? I mean, also not that confident. Skeptical. But yeah, skeptical is, is a good is a good way to describe it. Um, but I do also respect them. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> That's good. Do you have a favorite animal, Stu? Well, hmm, I don't want to offend my dog, <laughs> but we used to have a cat, and right now I still think I'm a cat person. That's the all-time number one favorite animal. I think so, yeah. Okay, fair enough. Nicole, favorite animal? Um, see, I'm the opposite of Stu. I like have become a dog person. Well, actually, I'm I am the future Stu because I've okay. become a dog person. My parents have the cutest cockapoo puppies. Um, okay. But when I was like a kid, this is gonna sound weird. Okay. But I would like like to see otters. Not sure why. Tailing yeah. orcas. Yeah. I had to do them for a project. You know, built like make a little clay yeah. sea otter. You still have it? No. Okay. Thank God. Ty, favorite animal? I'm a big fan of the harp seal. I respect that. I Stu respects animals in general. <laughs> I, I really appreciate. I'm really just uh, thankful right now that I went to the zoo with my nephew a couple months ago. My nephew and niece. Um, hopefully, this will come in handy. Nice. Okay. Let's see. So I'm going to ask about mammals, Dan. Are you going to ask about some like modern pop culture stuff? Can I make a suggestion here? Okay. I, I came. I came up with a trivia topic idea. Nicole is very, very proud of her home state of New Jersey. Uh, oh, you want to do New Jersey State Trivia? Oh, why don't we do, can we do both? Can we say who knows their state better? She'll do New Jersey, I'll do Ohio. So, let's start with you, Mr. Mandel. True or false, all mammals are vertebrates? False. Oh. They are all vertebrates. Off to a great start Let's here. go to you, Nicole. Are all mammals warm-blooded? Yes, true. That is correct. Is. Nicole. One nil, Nicole. Nicole one. Stuart Mandel zero. Let's move on. All right. Let's just stop. We're gonna get uh, we're gonna get a little <laughs> bit more intense here now. You ready? Let's go to um, true or false. Nicole, all mammals have hair on their bodies. True. Two for two. Solid. Stuart Mandel, yeah. all mammals, do they or do they not produce milk to feed their babies? Mm. Uh, I'm say false. Mm. Oh for two. Can we just drop this game. <laughs> Name one of two mammals that lays eggs. You you knew this off the top of your head. Yeah. Um, I'm very good at trivia. Uh, I've got one, Dan. <laughs> I don't like the way you yeah. said that. <laughs> I've got um, one, Dan. I'm going to get something in the sea, maybe. Um, Stu, do you know? Do you have a, you have a chance to steal? <laughs> I'm going to take that as a um, no. 
you say there's two mammals that lay eggs. Yeah. Um, is one of them a humpback whale? That is not not even close to true. <laughs> um, Ty, do you know the platypus? The duck-billed platypus is correct. I would have also expected the spiny anteater. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's weird. Yeah, I know trivia. What is the only mammal that flies? The only mammal that flies has got to be a bat. There we go. That's correct. Back in the plus column, Stu. Yeah. All right. Uh, that was ugly for a while there, Stu. What town is George Washington's headquarters located in? What? <laughs> George Washington's headquarters during the Revolutionary War are in what um, New Jersey town? Why can't you ask me things I know about my home state? Um, Cherry Hill. Morristown. Morristown, New Jersey. Time move on to Ohio. Mr. Mandel, what town were the Wright brothers from? Aiden. That is correct. That's like an obvious question. <laughs> that is an obvious question. Can Ty ask me questions? New Jersey has more of this animal per square mile than any other state. Um, deer. Horses. Mm. New Jersey has more horses, according to JerseyPride.com. Mr. Mandel, which Ohio city is known as the rubber capital of the world? Akron. Two for two. This trivia that I'm looking at on this site is so specific. Um, Let's go to a different site. Um, she thought she was just going to get a bunch of questions about the Jersey Shore. Okay. I think this is rigged. What city in New Jersey did Aaron Burr kill Alexander, Ham- Alexander Hamilton? I want Ty to ask me questions. <laughs> That's history. That's a huge event in American history. Can we the answer talk- is Weehawken. Can we talk about mammals? <laughs> Stuart, what was the first capital city of Ohio? Um, that's a good question. Uh, the first capital was it? Not an obvious one. Was it Mackalong? Chillicothe? Oh, <laughs> is that how you say that word? We had a lot of good isolations from this episode. C- Chillicothe? C H I L L I C O T H E. Chillicothe? I've been there. Okay, there you go. All right, here's the final one. Final Ohio question. I'm going to find a final New Jersey question. Stu, Jesse Owens grew up in Cleveland. You know this. He won four gold medals at the 1936 Olympics in what city? In uh, Berlin. Boom. Nicole's rolling her eyes audibly. At that, that the went, ease of that question. That went very well. <laughs> the most famous moment in the Olympics? Final question. What is the highest point in New Jersey? Um, I can tell you the highest point in California. The highest point, and think really, really literally, the highest point in New Jersey. I can answer this one. I'm think as literally as you possibly can. The like, highest point. Height sound or something? It is... No, that is incorrect. Ty, buzz me, please. Uh, my soundboard died. His soundboard died. Stu, I'm going to say literally the highest point in New Jersey is this point. What is that point? Um, Princeton? High point. It is high point. I believe it's High the Point State high Park, point. right? High Point State Park? That's what it's saying. Yep. There's a famous obelisk at the top of High Point. That's right. 
How many toxic waste dumps are in New Jersey? Stop it. Ty, I have the answer. I'm leaving. Ty, I have the answer. What do you think it is? This is a serious question? I have the number right in front of me. Oh. I give you an over-under of 94 and a half. Well, it's... I know PA's got a lot, but I think New Jersey has more, and we have... It's the most of any state in the nation, New Jersey. Yeah, it's probably in the hundreds. 94 and a half. I'd say over. Because you're over. It's over. Yeah. 108. All right, Dan, uh, big thanks again to our guest here this evening, against Stuart yes. Mandel. Check out the book, The Thinking Fan's Guide to the College Football Playoffs. Stu, thanks for stopping by. Enjoy the season. I'm sure we'll talk to you soon. And, um, you know, thanks for playing some trivia with us. Absolutely. Always a pleasure, guys. Enjoy the uh, first week of games. All right, Dan, again, that's our good friend Stuart Mandel. Yep. Check out the book, The Thinking Fan's Guide. Stu's the best. He really period. is. Period. The Thinking Fan's Guide to the College Football Playoff. Buy that book. Please. Do yourselves a favor. I still have no idea. Did you know that there is a playoff? Um, That's what they tell me. Yeah. So what do we got going on now? Well, I am, I am seated next to the lovely Nicole Auerbach of the USA Today, who Hello. is making her debut. Yes. Nicole, how you doing? Really excited yeah. to be here. But I did hear you guys say that Stu was the best, but I really think I'm the best. Whoa. Can we clarify? Listen, <laughs> you have to prove that. There's just, Stu has, has provided content. Hashtag content for yep. the solid verbal. I don't doubt that you, you can't do the same thing. All right, I just would like. Time will tell. Compliments, if possible. Compliments, if possible. <laughs> I mean, we should probably talk college football when yeah. we have somebody smarter than probably both of us to talk college football. Actually, how's college basketball? Is college basketball still like good? It's a thing. It's a yeah. thing. Okay, mm -hmm. that's there all will I be need to know. Players and coaches and games. Um, college football wise, Ty. Yeah. What right now, week one, are you most interested in? Well, I'm interested in three games in particular. Okay. LSU Wisconsin. Sure. Because they're fairly even. Yeah, it, it looks good. As best I can tell. Right. Obviously, South Carolina, Texas A&M, just because mm -hmm. of the storyline now, these teams need to move beyond Jadavian Clowney, move beyond Johnny Manziel. Right. What happens to them? Where do those programs go? I'm going to rephrase my question. I'm going to open this up to the floor. Yeah. What is the single funniest thing that could happen week one, the college football season? Is it Ohio State losing to Navy? It might be, right? Guess who will be there. <laughs> it might be that occur. I don't think it'll happen. No, but you know what? Like we, Dan, we've talked about. It's got to be App State, right? Oh, I see where this is going. It has to be, right, Ty? I still can't believe that that game is about to happen again. I like it. That was my first. That was my first game as a Michigan student. Appalachian State, <laughs> round one. I mean, that could happen again. Probably not. I've got right. one that is, what is intriguing. Yours, it's not going to happen. All right, before the Twitter trolls jump down my throat. Mm -hmm. But um. UCLA traveling across country, a 22-point favorite against a Virginia team with Virginia. a ton of experience. A ton of experience. A ton of experience. Doing what, exactly? <laughs> Losing ACC game. Phil Steele says that they've got like 18 returning starters. So right. there's that. Terrific. I don't know. It would be uh, interesting if they hung with them for like two quarters. That is true. Yeah, I'm trying to think what the, like, the single funniest thing. I always want to know which like FCS team will beat an FBS team. That's why I said App State. Even though I don't think they're an FCS no, team anymore. I don't think so. I was just trying to think of that really tiny school. Eastern Washington always seems to be, like Oregon State is probably going to lose to an FCS school. That's just what they do the first week of the season. 
Sometimes those happen later in the season. That's They're like true. a treat. That's true. Who did Jacksonville State just beat Ole Miss a few years ago? I think. Yeah. Does that sound right, Ty? Yeah, I think that was right. Jeremiah Masoli lost that game. Yep. Yep. Um, that's what I'm looking forward to. I don't know what the single funniest thing is. Well, you know, what? let's get weird. We've got a bunch of comments here, a bunch we of do. emails. Do you want to, do you want to go through these? Nicole, can you hang around and, uh, and I don't know. She's how... only been here for like three minutes. Well, I don't know. You know, I mean, she's, uh, she's, what she do I call been, her? A television is... magnate? Magnante? I don't think that's a word. That can, let's look that up. Ty, do I... you have a definition? Uh, no, but that? it's spelled M-A-G-N-A-N-T-E. I see Mike Magnante, the baseball player. Malignant? Malignant? No, well. It's... Not the right word. Uh, Magnante doesn't exist. Oh, he meant magnate. I think he means magnate, but I don't know. He said yeah. it was so much, there was so much ethnicity to his pronunciation. A person of great influence, importance, or standing. Ty, is that what you're saying? Yeah. That's a magnet. <laughs> magnet? <laughs> I, liked your, I like your very Italian version better, though, than magnate. But if it's a female, I believe it's magnate, right? <laughs> is that, can't that's how, I believe that's true. how they... Oh. Uh, Ty, that's the, terrible. The phrasing of this it was word. Close. You're one one letter off, really. Whatever. <laughs> I work all, right. all day, you know. Ty, let's get to questions. Let's please let's get. Why don't you let's read do it? Because I'm struggling. Right. This is from our friend Brady Brody. There are a lot of discussions of college football is better when blank is good. Notre Dame, Miami, Michigan, USC, or other traditional powers that have fallen off. But there are a finite amount of great teams every year. Who would you like to see fall off to have one of the college football is better teams jump up? So who takes a step down to make like Texas or Notre? I guess Notre Dame is. Hmm. So who are the who are the down A list teams? Michigan, Texas, USC ish. I mean, would you even say that Michigan's down? Yeah, I would. I watched Michigan play last year, Ty. No. Yeah, I mean they're not down down like they were. They're they lost right, but to... they're the winningest program of all time. They're used to winning Rose Bowls. Right. Um. So, who would you like to see fall off as an A-list team to make room for like USC, Michigan, Miami? Um, I don't know who else. Wow. So you're asking me to root against a team? Yes. I'd be inclined to say Ohio State, but I don't honestly believe that. Right. Well, this is just you as a hater. You as a college football hater. As a college football hater? Yeah. I will throw Florida State out there. It's not the worst idea. I like the Florida State answer. I... I would like to go back to a world where Alabama is down a couple mm. pegs. Back to the old Mike Shula days? Not because I think college football is better or worse if they're no good, but just I want to see the reaction of that fan base. <laughs> I want right. to see like I want to see a mini freakout. Well, there's a lot riding on that fan base. I mean, they've yeah. built entire networks to cater to that fan base. True. So, yeah, I mean, Alabama is not the worst answer in the world. The better question is which team do you want to see rise up? Okay. Um, I feel weird about answering Texas there. Right. To be perfectly Why? honest with you. I, I don't feel weird about saying Texas because good story. I want to watch more good Big 12 games. <laughs> True, but we've had so much fun at Texas's expense. I know. But I'd like to I'd like to see and it's they seem relatively likable coaching staff and player wise at this point. Right. It was kind of, it was fun to watch Mac Brown sort of take a dive a little bit. I did like that um, because he tattled on Oregon. Right. Damn it. I'm going to say Texas. That's my answer. Let's go to Nate. Hello, Nate. I don't think he's actually on the phone. Tonight. No. Okay. Nate says, y'all always, and I'm saying y'all because yeah. I don't really say that. It's, it's authentically Southern when you say it that way, Dan. Y'all always talk about what to cook a woman on a date and stuff like that. Next time y'all have a female guest, can you ask them uh, uh? if they like to be cooked or perhaps what the best slash worst things they've ever been cooked on dates? 
Wow. Good news, Ty. Yeah. We have a female in the studio. I'm going to prop up my feet and listen to this answer. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to sit here and wait. Hmm, that's a good question. Have you ever been cooked for, Nicole? Yes. Okay. So we, we'll preface this with, we've had this conversation. We said something not too messy. Mm-hmm. We've said something that shows off skill, but nothing too crazy. Is that what we said, Ty? Something along those lines? Yeah, you're not. not this is like a seven-course meal. This because is you something. don't want like a giant sink of pots and pans. Right, right. Uh, so you want to be or like to be trying too hard, trying too hard. Right. right. So some sort of staple kind of kind of item. So you so I would say Ty, when was the last time you cooked for Kate? Uh, probably about two months ago. What did you make? I used that asparagus recipe I talked about on the show. There had to okay, have been more like, than yeah, like just, like just all asparagus. That's all, all it was. Asparagus. Yeah, gave, all asparagus. Like everything. Terrible idea. That one. My answer is the opposite of an asparagus only meal. Yeah, wow. no, we didn't. We didn't go asparagus <laughs> only. I forget what. I think there was some salmon involved. There was a salad okay. involved. There was an as, the asparagus recipe from Google involved. So we're going to turn this over to Nicole. Yes. What is the correct answer? Okay, so I would never expect like a huge elaborate meal. Right. Um, and I feel like some guys have very limited cooking True. repertoire. How dare you? So if they want to make me like a grilled cheese, I'm never going to say no to that. But I would say like a pasta dish or like a chicken dish, like something basic, like what you're saying. Something reasonable. Um, and something that's like pretty straightforward and like you can like talk while cooking, you know, like something that's right. easy and you're not going to screw it up. Like you're not a gonna one pot it. meal. A pot yeah. of pasta and make yeah, sauce. Yeah, I mean, like, I'm trying to think of, like, what I've cooked for guys, and, like, it's also basic type things. But, yeah, you can throw in a salad, throw in one side. Like, all those things are pretty pretty basic. But, I like, honestly, if a guy was like, oh, I'll make pasta. Right. That's fine. That's, that's fine. fine. Because it's Low the maintenance. gesture. Yeah, and the gesture that's more important than the actual meal. And so you do something like pasta that you can't screw up. I think that's the correct answer. Do you have a guess of what Andy Staples said his go-to was? Some sort of barbecue or something? Chocolate chip cookies. Chocolate chip cookies. Chocolate yeah. chip cookies is his way to a woman's heart. And by a woman, I mean, I think the woman he's been married to for like 12 years. <laughs> so how often does he make the chocolate chip cookies? I don't know. That'd be a question for mm-hmm. Andy. I thought his I thought his winner was the buttermilk pancakes the next morning. Right. But that's presupposing. Mm. Also, but those are those are good skills to have, though. Oh, yeah. Breakfast good pancake. And desserts. Actually, I'm kind of anti-pancake. But that skill to make breakfast, obviously, obviously Well, big. when you live in New York, you can just brunch. That's you true. You never have to make pancakes. Ty, do you have any dream, like, ability to make dinner? Like, do you have a dish you wish you knew how to make to sweep off her feet? No. No, no. No? He doesn't need to. He That's just right. He just makes asparagus occasionally. <laughs> right. That's right. Nicole, that is all you need. Apparently. What I'd really love to be able to do is, like, when I watch Chopped... And they're somehow able to, like, shoot the fire off the fryer. I think they're just pouring alcohol into a hot pan. I want to be able to do that. Like, even if I can't cook anything, I right. want to be able to do that. So at least it looks like I know what I'm talking like about. Like a hibachi place? Yeah, you know? They yeah. make the little volcano out of the onions. Like, I want cool. to do that someday. All Ty wants to do is make an onion volcano. I bet if you went to a hibachi place and offered to be an intern for a day, they would teach you how to do that. You should totally do it. Huh. <laughs> Ty, that's the worst answer I've ever heard in my life. It's my, it's my show, Dan. That is true. I can say whatever I, I want. I asked you how you were going to sweep your fiance off her feet. You said an onion volcano. I would find a very nice restaurant. That's how. Okay. I changed my answer to what I should do. <laughs> onion volcano? 
So you guys laugh, but you're going to be thinking about this later on tonight. Like, what am I hungry for? I could go for a good onion volcano on my next date. It's also my favorite part of that meal. Really? Yeah, it's the most exciting part. Thank you. Ty, what is your favorite? Is your favorite part of the meal the onion volcano? Um, either the sake squirting, which is you know that's (laughs) a little weird. For that phrasing. No. Yeah, that was weird for me too. The the sake squirting. Or the little, you know, because I'm competitive. I like when they cut the vegetables up and, yeah. like, try to, like, I'm a seal. They try yeah. to throw it in your mouth. Okay. That's a good part. How, are you, how is your mouth catching, Ty? I'm afraid to answer that. <laughs> no, just. But I'd say a... I'm about 85% at the hibachi restaurant. Really? Yeah, Will I'm you pretty lean good. back? I do lean back, Will you back, give up yeah. at a certain angle? No, the trick is to push the chair out a little bit. Everyone tries to lean close. Oh yeah, the they table. generally overshoot. You got to give yourself a little bit of uh, of a buffer zone in order to, you know, accommodate where the vegetable's going. Is there like you know how like there's baseball reference? Is there yeah. like a oh ties advanced eighty five percent success? We we can look up that domain. Yeah, what's your a- war? <laughs> what's your vegetable war, Ty? <laughs> That's what I want to know. <laughs> oh God, you're making a fool of me. Here, I'm going. I'm moving on. See, no, I, I like the fried rice. Fried rice that, is good. That's my number one at those restaurants. I haven't been to one of those in a long time. But the fried rice. Next time you come down here, Dan. Yeah, we're going to go to a hibachi place? Go, you and me. We're doing yeah. hibachi. Sure. And they pull the move where they give you the vegetable fried rice, and then they also give you like a giant truckload of noodles. Okay. Combine the noodles and the rice are enough to be a meal. So by the time you actually right. get your entree, there's just no room for anything. It's... Your day is over after you eat it, but it's very much worth it. All right. Fair enough. I can't unsee you catching vegetables in your mouth now. So thank you for that. Yeah. Next question. I'll read this one. This is from Carter. It It says, uh, you're forced to live out the rest of your life as one specific school's mascot. Ooh. Mm -hmm. You cannot speak, but you must carry out mascot duties. For example, if you're the Oregon Duck, you got to do the push-ups. Right. What mascot are you and why? Wow. So I've thought a lot about this. Now, quick question though for you, Ty. If it's, can you be a live mascot? You can be a live mascot. It does not okay. specify otherwise, so sure. Okay, then I definitely would be Butler's Bulldog because that dog is a celebrity. It's a huge social media star. Mm-hmm. And he owns a tuxedo and gets invited to everything. Like A doggy tuxedo would be, would be pretty yeah, sweet. And you know, like he's gotten like St. Elmo's. Like they just... All the places in Indianapolis just want to give him things and want to invite him to things. And yeah. he's famous. And it's a pretty great life. And like I was telling Dan earlier, I mean, it's downtown Indianapolis. It's a walkable city. <laughs> Dog. That's all the you're The fact that for, this is a it? chamber of commerce selling point. I don't know. <laughs> I think that's what I, that's who I'd be. This is a college football show. Also, well, okay. Does I'm Butler sorry. have a college football team? I don't think they do. Does Butler uh, have like a sister city in college football with the Bulldog as well? I mean, there are a number. I think Georgetown definitely has a football team. Yeah. They play yeah. Lehigh, Lafayette, teams yeah. like that. Oh, that's in, the, that's in our Patriot League Lightning round. Oh, okay. yeah. maybe I could do that. No, but it does, the question doesn't specify. I want to be a live Bulldog. <laughs> Ty, can we isolate that audio? I want to be a live Bulldog? I yeah. want to be a live Bulldog. <laughs> yeah, we, I believe we can do that. Okay, good. We're just going to have that audio isolated next time we do a new intro. It's going to go in our but- intro. <laughs> Yeah, I want to be a live bulldog. Um, my answer, I, it's a good question. If I'm a live one, we were talking this over with our friend Ryan Nanny, and Ralphie is not is not living a bad life in Colorado. 
It's the climate is nice. All he has to do is run out on the field. He's not asked to do anything super physical. There's He's in a cage part of the time. He's in a trailer. But I don't know. I feel like Ralphie, you, you roam the range. He probably eats well. He's not, I don't know how locked up he is like Mike the Tiger. Don't want to be locked up. No. See, Ryan was all about that Mike the Tiger life, and that doesn't feel like like the what's the the Butler Bulldog's name? Blue. Blue. The blue life is not a bad life if you're going to be a live one. Ty, do you have an answer? I was going to say the Michigan State Spartan. What? You want to be part of ancient what is it? Ancient Greece, ancient Rome? Maybe a bit self-absorbed with the no sleeves thing but in what winter. Is, what is what does Sparty do? He's just big. He doesn't just, care. You just want to be big? He doesn't care what you think of him, Dan. He's very right. self-confident. He well, wears like, a helmet in public places. He has no sleeves, and he's jacked. But this is the mascot but duties think, is the specific question. And think about You could be the tree at Stanford. Which I don't <laughs> think is the right answer either. I mean, yeah. What? No. <laughs> That's the wrong answer. No, it's total. Although, you know what? The tree dances around in a way not sort of. It, it's a good. <laughs> I'm thinking about what it would be like to be a dancing tree, and I think I would have fun. You can dance around. But no arms. I want to have no sleeves in winter and carry a sword. <sighs> Ty. You don't want to be the— This is a really tough question. You don't want to be the leprechaun? What does he do? All he does is bring bad luck. What about the musketeer? Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Do I have to wear the coonskin hat for the rest of my life? Yes. Or that that's the mountaineer, but yes. No. What did I say musketeer? No. Musketeer? Because that tail gets in your eyes, and then— Right. That's annoying. Yeah, I don't want to be a mountain man. No, I don't feel like that's befitting or all that alluring. It was a weird. Can't be Ralphie. It is weird, but a good. It's pretty mild. Yeah. In Boulder. No, Boulder's great. Yeah. Next question. Uh, Morgan writes in: Will football programs come to claim college football playoff appearances? Yeah. As a point of pride, like basketball programs claim Final Fours or Sweet Sixteens, or will it remain? like national championship game losers where there's nobody remembering who finished second. Right. I think people are going to claim them. I think they will too. At the start, especially. Here's the problem. Banners are not as big a deal in football stadiums as they are in basketball gyms. That's the only thing, Hmm. but I think people will claim them. I just don't know if it's going to be as visual. What do you think, Ty? Well, they still, they don't have the banners the same way. In right. a football stadium, but they do have pennants that a lot of places right. put up. They have the pennants that are outside the stadium. By the make press of, boxes. People, yeah. are, people are absolutely going to use this. I mean, yeah. Penn State's going to Ireland so that they can use that in the recruiting game. Yeah. You better damn well believe that if you make football's Final Four, they're going to use that as a recruiting tool. Oh, and if the SEC gets two teams in one? Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, uh, they're gonna, never hear the end. Nicole, that was one of the, one of the storylines I think that I mentioned at some point that I'm interested in following. I want to see how many weeks into the season we get before the SEC starts championing itself as needing two teams in the college football playoff. I'm going to tell you the answer right now is zero. Yeah, exactly. Zero weeks for that to happen. Yeah, (laughs) it's there. I I think you buried the lead though, Ty. Is Penn State is James Franklin recruiting Irish kids? He's not recruiting Irish kids, but you can tell kids, hey, we went we went overseas to play. Went overseas to play. That's kind of cool. It would be it'd be rough in the summer. Like these Irish kids are burning up at summer camp. It's not good. <laughs> Matt McGloin, the portrait of Irish football players in America. Next question is a very important one, Ty. Oh, that's true. You should you should answer this. 
This comes from Matt. Your top tailgate menu items not included in the typical burger, sausage, hot dog menu. Titan, what is we've? You're gonna say asparagus again, aren't you? <laughs> All asparagus, everything. All asparagus. You ever have asparagus tacos? Not bad. Um, I like when people go Mexican with it. I like when people go some sort of sandwich. You gotta go handheld. I've been to a lot of tailgates, and it's always frustrating when people give you a plate and a fork and a knife. That's just it's a disaster. Put things between bread. Um, I had a deep fried turkey at a Penn State tailgate. Handheld. Yeah. Delicious. Yeah. So good. So somebody brought a deep fryer to their mm-hmm. tailgate. Penn yeah. State serious tailgating, you know. Yeah. It's a lot. Penn State's a lot to handle. It sounded like it was also an eight o'clock game. So it's it, like a lot of meat food all day. Ty, are you going to a Penn State game this year? Haven't decided, Dan. What are you talking about? I thought you were all in. Haven't this well, I'm all in on Lehigh Laugh yet. November twenty third or whatever. I've always wanted to go to one of those. Yankee Stadium. Yankee Stadium, yeah. I'm coming up for that. Um, I don't know. We'll see. I thought you were super excited for, for the Jim Franklin era. I am. I really am. But I just don't know. Wait a minute. You were there signing day, right? Yes. Give us some some James Franklin, some juice, some dirt. Mm, he has a lot of energy. A lot yeah. of energy. <laughs> um, his daughter lost a tooth on signing day. That was pretty exciting. This is, this is information you <laughs> yeah. just can't get anywhere else. What did the uh, what did the what did the uh, the tooth fairy bring her? It was too early. It was oh, just immediate. That's true. It was during like in between signing players. Okay, daughter lost a tooth. Did you see a video of her like? Uh, no. Going up against the uh, the thing. It's uh he tweeted it today. Go, totally tack- missed it. Tackling. She's probably better than Gino Capone. I don't know what that reference is. Ty. Penn State fans will get that. Okay. Well. Um. This is not. For you them. could Penn State plays at Rutgers to welcome them. To that's the true. Fan. There you go. New York's own. Yeah. yeah. New York's college. Right? Uh, I'm trying to think another food that would be good. I was going to say I was going to say cheesesteaks. It's not a yeah, typical cheese burger. Yeah, cheesesteaks would be good. You know, but it's, the, here's the caveat. Well, you probably need like a griddle. You need a, a griddle. Top, yeah, you, you need the griddle. Standard grill. And please, a cheesesteak is not slices of beef that are thinly sliced and cooked on some sort of griddle, what have you. Here's what right. I'm going to say. That's true. What are you going to say? Well, I was going to say, like, uh, grill up some seafood, grill up some shrimp, make like oh, a po'boy. Yeah. Mm. I think that you could do real well with that. Cold weather, warm weather, whatever. Uh, M.W. Faith. Yes, I've got an answer. for. i got two answers for this. Continue. This is the name now, M.W. Faith? Yeah. What's the TV show that coworkers, friends, or family would all enjoy, yet you never really got into? I have not seen an episode of Game of Thrones. Mm. Not a single episode. Nicole's looking at me, like, in a very strange, possibly... Can I leave? I'm uncomfortable. I have, I have controversial opinions on Game what of Thrones. What do you have? Continue. Uh, now, I want to hear, I wanna hear other answers here. Um, I haven't done Game of Thrones, and I haven't done... What's the other one I never did? I didn't do Boardwalk Empire, but that's not as huge. Yeah. Nobody really talks about that at the office. What's the other one I didn't do? Oh, I forgot it. But definitely Game of Thrones, not an episode. Not for any real reason. Yeah. Ty, do you have an answer? Did you ever... You got through the wire, right? Go oh, yeah. Got through the okay. wire. Uh, almost the full way through Breaking Bad. Haven't gotten into Mad Men. Mm. I've heard good That's things about Mad Men. That's actually a very hard show to get into. Yeah, I, I sort of gave up. I feel like I'm the last person on Earth to, or I should say the first person on Earth to give up on Lost. Wow, mm. really? Show. I got it about, I don't know, four episodes in and bailed. You're the only one that watched four episodes. Like, no, I'm good. Yeah. I have no questions that need answering. Do you guys want to hear my embarrassing answer to this question? Do it. But I'm remedying it right Safe now. Safe place. Seinfeld. 
had only watched episodes sporadically right. on TV. And I bought the entire series for $61 last week, and I am powering through because I feel like there's a lot of pop culture references that there have just are. been flying over my head all these years. And I'm a big Friends person, so I right. feel like I need to... That is real strange. I feel way better about my Game of Thrones. Well, Game of Thrones is... You need to start that. You've never watched... You've never tried it. No. Not for any real reason. I'm sure I'd you like it. probably do that. Dan, let me ask you a question. Yeah. This will be the bellwether right here. Mm-hmm. What's your stance on dragons? <laughs> I feel like I'm, I've generally established myself as somebody who could be considered pro-dragon. You're pro-dragon. What's yeah. your th- what are your thoughts on, like, movies and things with, like, medieval, medieval storylines? I don't gravitate towards it See, necessarily. Me there it is. No, me either. Me either. But I still like the show. It's also very violent. Yeah. Like, do you like women? I mean, Definitely. there's a lot of Yeah, there's women. a lot of that. They don't, they don't wear a lot of clothes. Always good. Yeah. Always good. I was I was out on Game of Thrones very vocally until this past season when now, my wonderful fiance made me watch every single episode with her. She sounds like a great fiance. And and um so now I'm now I'm not all in. I mean you know how I, you know how I am with the right. all in stuff. Right. I'm like half in. Okay. It's better. Ty, have you done Larry Sanders? Have not done Larry Sanders. You should no. do have you done Larry Sanders? Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so good. Larry Sanders is amazing. Oh, I've got another one. What? Louie. Louis really, really good. I watched like three episodes and I just didn't get hooked. Keep going. Ty, what do you what do you feel about Louis? Haven't seen it. I heard it's kind of sad though. It's not like it is. Funny. It's not a comedy. Yeah. It's kind Maybe of a bummer, what, but it's really yeah. good. I don't watch a lot of TV. All right. I just don't have a chance. Um all right, here's another one, Dan. This is up your alley. Yeah. Uh, Andrew writes in with the Simpsons marathon ongoing. Can you rank the best non Simpsons characters and songs? I probably, this is a, a whole separate show. Yeah. Um, unapologetically, you can do no wrong by me with Millhouse Van Houten. Mm. I'm a big Millhouse fan. I'm, I've probably said everything's coming up Millhouse in my life between 10 and 15,000 times. <laughs> Ty, do you have an answer? I'm thinking of the company softball game. Okay. You know which episode I mean? Steve Saxon is running with the law. Right. Um, sort Mike of. Mike Sosha's tragic illness. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That song. Yeah, Homer at the Bat. Yep. That's okay. probably... I don't know much about The Simpsons. That's an probably. episode. I asked you a... It's a, it's a character he question. He says songs here. It says and oh, songs. Oh, the songs. Yeah, that's true. I Song-wise, I think it's probably Dr. Zaius from the uh, okay. the Planet of the Apes musical. I don't know. Nicole, do you know time. The Simpsons? There we go. There's another show that... You I haven't done Simpsons done. and Seinfeld? I know. Wow. Did I exist? That's real weird, Ty. Yeah, no, that's... Let's just go to the next question. That's very... <laughs> this is... I don't know if the Big Ten Network still wants her. Can I be honest with you here? Yeah. I don't understand this next question. Oh, I think I understand it. Is this pie? What is she talking about? Yeah, I think it's pie. Okay. Like flavor? Like type of pie? Yes. Oh, what is your oh, favorite? Look, oh, it's, I see what she did there. I, I deduced. Yeah. Ty, what's your favorite pie flavor? <clears throat> pumpkin pie. Really? It's almost that season. Big it's pumpkin pie fan, season. Dan. Now, do you go, and you talked about being 100% all in, do you yep. go all in on pumpkin everything? No. Your your pumpkin lattes are not flowing? Not doing the pumpkin latte. On occasion, I'll do the pumpkin beer, but people get way too into that. Like, post every, I'm going to post every pumpkin beer I've ever had on Facebook. Like, people get really into that. That's right. not my thing. Um, pumpkin pie, though, that's where, 
That's the pumpkin okay. sweet spot. Mama H's pumpkin pie. Sure. Nicole? Cherry pie. And blueberry. Good cherry pie is good. Mm-hmm. Should I read this next one here, Dan? Please do. This one comes to us from a gentleman, gentleman excuse me, named John. He says, my fiance and I recently moved in together. Mm-hmm. So far, everything is great, and we love living together, but there's one thing that is bothering me. Her dog. Mm. It continues to sleep in our bed. She has had the dog for three years, and it's about 45 pounds. Right. I am of the firm belief that dogs should sleep on the floor. That's why dog beds exist. But the dog has slept in her bed ever since she got her as a puppy. Mm -hmm. Now that we sleep in the same queen-size bed, it's starting to get a little cramped with two normal-sized human beings Mm -hmm. and a dog that sleeps stretched out to take up enough space as a third human. Obviously, this is starting to affect the quality of my sleep. I figure I have three options here. One, say nothing, learn to live with the puppy. Two, bring it up and probably endure a multiple day-long battle over the issue. Or three, buy buy a king-size bed. I was hoping you guys could weigh in on the issue. Am I alone in that dogs should sleep on the floor? Is it worth arguing over? Is it just time to shell out the cache for a king-size bed, Dan? What do you got? Okay. Well, first of all, if you are just now moving in with your fiance, the option of saying nothing this early in what appears to be a long-term relationship sounds terrible. Yeah. Sounds like a terrible idea. Got to put it out in the open. It's got to be out there. Number two, bring it up. Yes, of course. You endure a long battle, but if she's crazy, then you know she's crazy about the dog, and that's something you need to get through, past, whatever. It's... It seems like the worst possible idea to be uncomfortable and to not communicate. Wow, that's deep. I think that's just very straightforward. What, do, what, what is do your you answer, think, What time? do you think, Nicole? No, I'm Nicole. going to defer to Nicole here. She said she had strong thoughts. I do. Um, I agree. You do not say nothing because there's a giant dog sleeping in yeah. your bed with you every night. Yeah. And there cannot be enough space. Absolutely. I mean, I like spreading out on my queen bed by myself. Mm-hmm. So, like, I can't even imagine three human-sized things in the same bed. Um, but I also think that, like, you should buy a king-sized bed in general. So, like, I yep. support that separately. Right. I think you do need to discuss this, and hopefully she's fine with the dog not sleeping. It's a big dog. Like, I mean, even if it was a small dog, it'd still be like, okay, the dog can't sleep in the time. bed every day. Yeah. Um, but also, like, was this never an issue before? Like, when he would sleep over her place, like, you just are okay with it because it's He probably bed. was at her place a lot because she probably wasn't leaving the dog alone. That's a good point. So how did this not come up earlier? That is strange. Maybe he figured that he would say something once they moved in together. Now mm-hmm. he's, Ty, you got to say something. Is there another bed in the house? You can't be doing that. No, hold on. I'm going somewhere with this. Don't cut me okay. off. Okay. All right. If there's another bed, if there's a comfortable couch, maybe it folds out into some sort of bed situation. What you can start doing is you can just start getting up when the dog comes in, when you're having a hard time oh, sleeping. See that? Ty, this no, is the on, worst you guys, possible answer. Hear me out. Slow. Hear me out. I'm saying go in the bed. When your lovely fiance asks why you're in the bed, say, I was having a hard time sleeping. The dog was really bothering me. Let her come to her own conclusion then. People beds are for people things, Ty. Okay. People beds are for people things. We should also ask Nicole, as somebody who wants to be a live bulldog, yeah. how would you feel about being kicked out of this bed? My guess is that live bulldogs have their own, like, king-size beds. Yeah, I 
If the dog like has its it. own bed, the dog can get comfortable. The butler bulldog sounds like it has its own apartment. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So it's not even an issue, really. <laughs> huh. Any any parting shots, Ty? We should point out that the Pick'em Pool is now operational. You can find the link out on SolidVerbal.com. We had some folks asking, where can you find the link? You can find the link if you go to SolidVerbal.com. We've updated all the links on the page. We're going to post the link to the pool along with this show, along with our Wednesday show for those people who want to get in on the action late. Totally accurate. Yep. Please do sign up for the pick and pool. Again, our website is solidverbal.com. Compete for a free t-shirt. Why not? I'm going to say not only will you get a free shirt, you can get the tri-blend version. Mm, yeah. I'm not just offering the regular old American apparel. Yep. I'm saying the the cotton polyester rayon blend premium tie. Yeah. Okay. You have tri-blend shirts? I have a couple of them, yeah. It's, it's a, the greatest. Uh, it's revolutionary, I'd say. I won't buy a shirt if, it, if it's not a, a triple weave. Big thanks to uh, Stuart Mandel and our guest of honor this evening here, of course, Nicole Auerbach from USA Today and uh, yep. Big Ten Network. You're going to be on Big Ten Network now? I'm the Big Nante. Yes, that's right. Big <laughs> Nante. Magnante. Magnante. You should put this in your Twitter bio. Yeah, maybe Magnante see, of see if at Magnante is taken. <laughs> Probably not. It's not a real word. I don't believe it will be. <laughs> I'm laughing. You just can't hear me. Okay, good. I'm also, I think I'm going to end this night with some hibachi. Oh, there you go. See and, a little volcano fire. An onion volcano. volcano. Yeah, yeah. Do it. Well, this, is, this was a helpful show, Ty. I feel like we learned a lot. Well, we've got our previews coming up here in just, uh, just a few days. Week one on the horizon. It is game week, Dan. Yes. I know you're every bit as excited as I am. So Ready we'll, to run through a wall. Yeah, let's get into that on Wednesday. We're going to have a special guest. We announced it on Twitter. But uh, Jim Ross, formerly JR, WWE announcer. You've heard the guy. You know who he is. Are you excited, Ty? I'm fired up. I'm excited myself. Let's do this. For that guy over there, Mr. Dan Rubenstein. Yep. For myself, Ty. Thanks again for tuning in to the Solid Verbal. Catch you all in a few days. Take care. Peace. Ty, your voice sounds fantastic today. Does it? Yeah, you really have. It's it's drip. It's leathery. Leathery. Yeah. It's not like party voice. It's no. You you sound great. Leathery in a good way. Yeah. I was There's... singing. I was singing some pump up jams on the way up here. What I told were you, you about singing? This. Today's song du jour was "A Sky Full of Stars" by Coldplay. Like the one new Coldplay song that's any good on the new album. Is it good? Uh, relatively speaking. Have you given to the album a thorough listen? No. Okay. No, just a cursory listen, but this one they've played on the radio. And uh, that Jungle song that they played before the World Cup, you know, the Beats. This is the Jungle song. Oh, the Beats The Beats commercial where they showed like Josie Altador bobbing his head. Oh, the one that's like into the, yeah, okay. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, that got me in the mood. So I was screaming out the lyrics to some of that. Yeah, there's a honey drip quality to your voice that just can't be replicated. Can I call you Honey Drip from honey now drip? on, Ty? Honey Drip? Yeah. I feel like that would be like your sassy R&B name. Honey Drip Hildenbrand. Yeah. That's real weird. <laughs>